You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And I am the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson, and this is the line to gain fourth quarter right here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, brought to you by our awesome sponsors at Buffalo's Pizza Picasso's. Hey, football fans, the season is here, so you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. Once again, I'm the Big O. She's Sarah. And as we always here on the fourth quarter, we talk a little bit of college football and um, we'll go over a little bit of last week and then head into this week's games. And we got a big one in Columbus, Ohio. But Sarah, hope you're doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, last week, uh, we had a couple of exciting games. Yes. Uh, we had the uh, Oregon and Washington game. Um, it was the only game of the week that I was able to smile about <laughs> because I definitely wanted uh, the Huskies to win. So, um, you know, Colorado um, put up 29 points in the in the first half of their game and then ended up losing. Yeah. Um, and then everyone knows uh, my Hurricanes um, not doing too good two weeks in a row. So uh, I definitely was happy with the the Washington Huskies and um, and the fight that they put up against uh, Oregon. That was a, a great game. Interesting um, game. And, you know, let, let me run this one by you before we get into picks of last week and then our picks for this week. Um, really interesting things going on in the, in the world of football and the sport of football, and it all revolves around analytics. Um, I thought that that game on Friday night, I thought that, honestly, I thought that this was the first game that I really, really questioned Dion's coaching experience. I yeah. thought that Dion made some really, really prideful decisions that cost them the football game. It put momentum on the other side of the field. It put him in some bad spots. They end up blowing a huge lead. Um, in some aspects, the largest lead ever lost, I think, at Colorado or Pac-12, oh, wow. whatever I it was. I can't remember. But um, then you look at Oregon when they're playing Washington State, or I'm sorry, Washington, and, you know, you knew that points were going to be scored in that game, so points are, you know, they're valuable, right? And Dan, you know, the head coach at Oregon, Dan Lanning, he decides to 
go for it on fourth down multiple times, doesn't yeah. get the kicks, and then ultimately at the end misses a kick to win it. And this is a part of analytics that bother me. I think these coaches have got all this bravado because they look at numbers and they feel that they can manipulate yeah. games because of the because of the mathematics. But he lost that football game for him. Yeah, and um, it, I remember growing up just you know falling in love with football and the the whole adage was you always take the points always take right. the points always take the points right. um and then all of a sudden over the i would say what last 10 years analytics mm-hmm. has started to play so much of a bigger role um it, it it makes you it makes you you know question and concern it's and it's not just football you you hear about it in baseball too and um you know who should be the starting pitcher on this game and who's you know it, but it just bothers me that that we're using all this all this math instead of common sense sometimes. Um, you know, I understand if you're if you're down by eight points, you're gonna go for two. I understand if you're you know uh, r- down by nine, you're there's there's no point of of you know going for two. You're gonna get that that touchdown. Or the field goal, whichever one you can get in that moment, so they can get a chance to go back out there and score again. Um, th- that to me, it's always just been common sense, not whether or not you you go for it on on you know fourth down or if you decide to uh, try to go for six rather than three. And you right. did it. I think it was three times during the two or three times during the game. He he left the win on the on the table. Right, exactly. You know, and you and you think about these things, and and I always look at it from a player standpoint because you know while I have coached and coached in high school for fifteen years, I still go back to when I played, and I think about all the work this football team put in, and all the work these guys put in to put themselves in a position to try to get into that playoff, to try to win a national championship, and you know, now granted the kicker still had to make the kicks. We don't know if the snap would have been right. good, if the kick would have been blocked. But when you look at where these these attempts to go for it on fourth down were, you'd have to think they were chip shots mm-hmm. and that field goal would have been good. Um, you know, these kids now probably are on the outside looking in to for a chance to win a national championship right. because of the decisions that your head coach made. Now, you got to ride with the guy that's who brought you in, but still, it's it's kind of silly to me. So I have a question for you as a, a former player. When you're on offense, you want to see your coach have confidence in you, especially fourth and one or fourth right. and goal. You know, um, do you feel like it's as much of a confidence booster for the offense to have the the coach feel like you can get that first down, but also that big of a hit to the defense once you don't get it, and now all of a sudden you got to go out there and, and, and really, um, you know, batten down the hatches in order to make sure that they don't, they don't score any right. against. Now you're, now you're still behind. Right. It's a great question. I think it, it kind of, it kind of, kind of boosts both sides of the ball. Right. I mean, obviously your head coach is confident in his offense. They can get the job done, but also he's telling your defense, especially when you go for the, you know, you go for a first down out on like the 45 yard line. Right. Um, you know, it gives that boost to your defense where the head coach feels that we can stop them. Right. Um, but in these types of games, especially a game in that in that conference that has become such a rivalry game, 
you got to throw that out the window, man. I mean, you got to make good decisions. And and another team that didn't make good decisions, like Colorado the night before, it, it cost them a W. So, yeah, I mean, I can see where it would give guys confidence, but then you don't make it. You don't make it twice. And, I mean, if you pulled that defense after that, you're probably a little bit pissed off, I would imagine. <laughs> Right, because now they got to go out there right. and try to, well, here's you know, new... try to do this. Yep, there's a new top twenty-five. Oregon falls to nine. Um, interesting right. things new, coming uh... out of yeah. Yep. Interesting things coming out of uh, East Lansing, or not East Lansing, out of uh, Ann Arbor, uh, East Lansing, where Michigan State is. Michigan's in Ann Arbor. Um, yeah. Supposedly, we have a whole a possible Bill Belichick uh, type scandal going on with Michigan. Um, there's been the, the big 10 has um, notified the athletic department of Michigan that they're being investigated for on-site scouting um, and the on-site scouting by Michigan against teams they are getting ready to play revolves around signal stealing. So oh, wow. uh, that is something that. Yeah, that just came out today. Um, saw that. So, that's something to be looking at. Um, well, you know what? And and Harbaugh's one of these cats. I mean, I think Harbaugh's gotten so much pressure on him that he's kind of lost his mind, and he's done a lot of things that have been questionable well, lately. When I look at this top 25, the first thing I have to say is, to me, Georgia still is not playing like the number one team in the country. I feel like they're right. still sticking up there because that's what they were preseason. Yep. Same thing with Michigan. Um, oh. The fact of the matter is Michigan's blown out some of their, their competition. They've, right. they definitely look the part, but then you look at who they've played. And yeah. They, Michigan they, hasn't played the schedule that some of these other teams. Have they don't have that resume. Now um, I can kind of say the same thing for FSU, FSU, you know, they played, um, they played Notre Dame and, and that's really it. Um, so right now I feel like, Washington should be jumping up there considering their, right. their win against um, Oregon. Um, and so it's the, some of these games are going to be, you know, intriguing to say the least uh, coming up soon because they got to stop looking at preseason rankings and start looking at their overall resume and who they've played. We're, we're halfway through the season. We're more than halfway through the season at this right. point. Well, there will be a shakeup in the top 10 after this week. Because number three Ohio State plays number seven Penn State at twelve thirty um, on Saturday, so there's your marquee game of the week. I would expect the Buckeyes to take care of business. Um, James Franklin doesn't seem to be, uh, or I know he's not very good in big games, but um, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, you know, there will be mix-ups there. Um, you know, Notre Dame obviously winning. Last week against USC kind of solidifies them. They're probably what the best two loss team in football right now. Um, so or USC yeah. fraud, complete yeah. and total well, fraud. USC is is who they, they are no because defense. of their head coach. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing they were at at, at Oklahoma. Yeah. But um, I feel like Notre Dame isn't as good as you know we think, and I and and they've they've gotten um, beat twice to show that they're not exactly. Uh, right, but I think Notre Dame's better than you think they are. I mean, they lost to Ohio State. Now they did lose. They they didn't lose the game to Duke. Who's what's their other get lost to? I can't remember. No, it was, I thought was it, it was Duke. Duke. Yeah, it was yeah. Duke. So you know, you you have that. And before Duke's quarterback got hurt in that game, I mean, Duke was playing at a high level. 
Um, I know Clemson's not in the top 25, but they did beat Clemson as well. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Notre Dame apologist. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I do think they're better than their two losses. I think that they're, they're a, a better team than, than the two losses they've had. And, and you can't really be upset about the one considering it was the number one, three in the country, number one, three team in the country now. So, um, but no, I mean, there will be some movement this week. Again, Penn State, Ohio State's the marquee game. Um, so this is really, last week's, by the way. This is last yeah. week's picks. And um, n- neither of us did all that well. I, I was 500, and, 5 and 5, and you were 4 and 6. So, um, so yeah, it was. If it you took the spread week. away, if you took the spread away, I yeah. have, I, I think that I would be, be much better. And then there you go. You lose Oregon because the coach doesn't want to kick field goals and that game was two and a half. He didn't win that one. I will um, say my biggest surprise of the week was the, the serious destruction of Washington state against Arizona. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, 44 to six, it was just unreal. Um, so I was very surprised by that game. Um, but you got to start giving Arizona a little bit of credit because they played some teams tough that they've lost to. Yeah. They're a little bit better than you think, but I agree. I mean, Washington State did not play like the ranked team that they are. No, no. And uh, I actually, because of how bad they played, I actually took them, uh, went against them this week. So um, so anyway, so last week, um, again, we, we talked about the Washington-Oregon um, game. Um, that was the difference, pretty much the difference maker between your, you know, yours, your picks and my picks. Um, I went with Washington, you went with, uh, Oregon. Um, I told you I was for the first time betting for LSU thinking that they would actually, they might actually lose because I was betting with them and they still won. Um, (laughs) so, uh, that didn't work quite the way I wanted to. And then obviously you went with the smart pick and picking UNC against, uh, my heart, a modder. I'm not going to even call it my alma mater anymore. I'm going to call it my heart mater because um, they're killing me, man, every freaking week. Um, <laughs> the Hurricanes just, they went in at halftime leading. And I'm like, okay, this game isn't as bad as, I, you know, could potentially be. And and then they just fell apart. Um, coaching again, I, I feel like uh, in the second half was terrible. Um. But yeah, I think Duke uh, is surprise is the one that's surprising me. Um, I think that you know we all know that they've only lost one game this season and everything, but uh, they've definitely they have the quarterback too, um, uh, Riley Leonard. Uh, he's been in talks of one of the top quarterback. Is uh, he back or too. is he still out? I thought he was um, out. I thought that he came back this last game. I Did would he? have to okay. look. I, I'm not okay. positive. I'm not positive. But um, I feel like the one game that they lost, he was out, and then this game he came back. But um, but you know, fingers crossed. Uh, they don't they don't win anymore because uh, I'd still <laughs> it's terrible to say I'd still like Miami to to move up the ACC a little bit. Um, they have a up a uphill climb at this point in time. But what do you think about? And we'll uh, I guess we'll get to this week's games here in a second because I got a question for you once we get to this week's games. Okay, I, I'll just switch over right now. So this My is question the- is, do you think that, and we both picked Florida State over Clemson, which we should. Well, um, over Duke. You know, excuse me? Florida State plays Duke. I'm sorry, they played Duke. So we both took Duke. 
I mean, Florida State, excuse me. Um, but I, I don't know. I and and I I took that thing, Leonard. I took if that it wasn't in, to go out. If it wasn't in Florida State, if it wasn't at FSU, I would have actually picked Duke with the points. Um, but going in and playing um in Tallahassee is a very hard ask for most teams. Um right. they're and then Florida State's defense, um, and they have one they have a top prospect in in a quarterback as well, um, with with Jordan Travis. So I, you know, I, as much as it pains me to, to, to root, you know, for FSU for anything, I just think that they, they got this. Um, I think that their defense is going to be too much for, for Duke to overcome. Now they are playing well defensively and it, you know, it seems that when Florida state is good, they've got that, that old school dog defense that they've had in the past, but just looking at the picks this week against number seven, Penn state takes on number three, Ohio state at the horseshoe. Uh, other marquee games, number 17, Tennessee, at number 11, Alabama. I was surprised by that spread. I actually took Tennessee, um, as I you did, did as well. Nine and a half points seems like a lot. Maybe they know something we don't. Um, um, Tennessee always know. gives Alabama fits, too. So whether or not, or the last couple of years, I shouldn't say always, um, whether or not Tennessee can figure it out, uh I, I think that they can figure it out within um within a score or within nine points. I mean that nine and a half, that means that you know it could be three uh three field goals. I mean, like that's a big enough spread for me that um they're giving Alabama, I think, a little bit too much credit. Alabama's offense just to me isn't clicking the way we know Alabama offense is to click. So uh Tennessee can put points up. So um we we'll both see. picked Wisconsin. Um they're getting they're laying two and a half against Illinois. Um, Iowa, we both chose Iowa, probably the most successful, ugliest football team in America. <laughs> um, the next game is interesting to me, and I kind of want to piggyback what you said earlier about your shock that Washington State played so bad last week. I can't see them playing that badly two weeks in a row. Um, yeah, Oregon coming I... off the sting of a loss to Washington. I just thought I think Oregon's gonna win. I just think I just thought 18 and a half points was quite a, it's bit. a lot. And I went, this is the one game that I really struggled with. Like I didn't struggle Ohio state, Penn state, especially with it at Ohio state. It wasn't one that I struggled with. Um, the Michigan, Michigan state, they always tend to play each other um, pretty, um, you know, pretty competitively um, being that it's at Michigan state is why I gave them the points on this one. I think it's still going to be a blowout for that game. But this, but the um, the uh, the Washington State game really, to me, is just concerning whether or not they're going to come out and and you know lay an egg again, or um, if they're going to actually uh, fight and um, and you know play Oregon tough. But you know, Washington State is back to the old style of Pac-12 football. I mean, score a lot of points, don't play a lot of defense. Um, but I was, I was just like you, I was really, really surprised. Um, Ole Miss, we both took Ole Miss. Um, they're playing Auburn. Auburn's reeling. They're just really struggling. They don't have much in the way of an offense. They're trying to run a wide open Baylor style offense. They're trying to run that Jeff Levy at OU type offense with Philip Montgomery was, they hired him as the OC this year. They just don't have the tools at receiver or quarterback or really offensive line for that matter to be very successful. And you see that week in and week out with the points they're putting up. So 
Um, I don't think it was a, I think it was kind of a no brainer to take Ole Miss and you chose them as well. We both took Florida state at home against Duke. This was interesting to me, uh, Michigan state who's in a nosedive and they are playing in East Lansing, playing the rival Michigan. I think about it. I struck, this was my struggle game as much as you struggle with Oregon. This was my struggle game, you know, rivalry, all that stuff playing at home. I still decided to lay the 24 and a half points and take a lot uh, of points. Take Michigan. I know, I know. Yeah. I know. I just, I just if it wasn't at Michigan State, I would have went Michigan even with the points. But with it at Michigan State, I'm like, you know, I think that they could keep it somewhat right level, you know, like for a little no, I totally agree. I totally get what you're saying and totally agree with everything you're saying as far as that goes. I just I don't know. I couldn't pull the trigger on Michigan State. Um, we both took Miami against Clemson. Um, I think Hail if Mary the point, point spread, I think if the point spread was a little different, I might have gone with Clemson. Um, but two and a half points to me is not that much. I would. I think Mich- Miami is a better team. Um, let's hopefully let's hope Mario Cristobal doesn't screw this one up. Um, you know, and yeah. and decide to not kneel on it or do whatever he's doing. I think Mario's a hell of a recruiter. Um, I think they get talent, but I'm with you on what you said earlier in assessment of coaching. I don't know sometimes if he's quite makes the decisions that need to be made at that head coaching spot. And then this game, I think the USC Utah game is really, really interesting. Again, I struggled with this one, not as much as that Michigan, Michigan state, but Utah plays really good defense. Yeah. USC does not play really good defense. I just think Utah doesn't have an offense. Yeah, but I still think six and a half points. I think that defense can do some stuff. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, we joked about it a couple weeks ago. Every time I pick against Utah, they win. So I have a feeling that I'm going to lose this game just because it's always how I. Well, I hope you're right. I really do. I hope you're right Um, because I picked Utah. Yeah. So I think the one thing here is I think Caleb Williams, um, after playing so badly last week, so badly last week, I think he's going to have a good game. Um, It's at USC. Um, He's going to feed off the crowd. Um, I think he'll feed off some of the negative attention this week. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it's, an important game. So right. I just, I feel like um, he's going to look at it and kind of take it under his own wing. Um, Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Before we get going, uh, let me remove this. Uh, Speaking of Caleb Williams, I know that I I texted you about this the other day, that there were reports that um, over beginning over the summer, he said if he declared this year um, that he wanted a minority interest of ownership in whatever team drafted him. Now, I did a little research myself. Um, number one, I didn't think that that would be legally possible, especially because you're circumventing the the whole salary cap. Um, and the, the point of seller cap. And if you opened up this can of worms, what every single person coming out would be trying to demand, um, you know, that kind of uh, treatment. Um, now, what surprised me is I did find that um, Aaron Rodgers supposedly requested part of uh, the Jets team ownership and the NFL knocked it down, uh, right. shot it down over the summer. If that's true, if that's the case, then this is all just a rumor because um, there is no way. I don't think it's a rumor. I don't think think it's a rumor. I think he wants – that's a pretty arrogant camp. Um, That's a pretty arrogant camp. I was pulling for this kid too. And I get at the quarterback level – like when you're a quarterback like that, you you want someone that's a little arrogant. You you want that arrogance. Um, But I don't know. I Like – he's been rubbing me a little bit more and more the wrong way lately. And then you got kids like, you know, um, like Penix and you have Bo Nix and the, you know, these other very capable quarterbacks that are um, also going to be coming out next year. Uh, Drake may, um, although he had a bad game last weekend, um, you know, statistically uh, he had a bad game against Miami. He still, um, it didn't look great. Um, but he's a very good quarterback and you're going to have another team in the top 10. That's going to pick one of these other guys. Um, that's going to be successful with one of these other guys. Well, so. if, you, if you do, and if you want to do some more research, look at Caleb Williams's history. This is another kid that was a manufactured quarterback from a young age. His father owned a training facility. Um, he was, he was, he was built to be a quarterback the way they handled their college recruiting, very similar to what's going on now. So this doesn't shock me because, like I said earlier, this is a very arrogant group. I think the one player in the league that probably had the closest relationship with an owner and reaped the benefits outside of the realm of football is Tom Brady. Um Everybody talked about how unselfish Tom Brady was. He continually took less than market value contracts. Yeah, because he but had nobody a, knew. Half, right, nobody knew the other side yeah. of it. That he had he a half a billion dollar wife. Number one, yes, and number two, uh, the you know the different um, advertising and and sponsorship. Well, not even just all, that. It was like, if you. If you remember when they built the new Foxborough, one of the things that Bob Kraft did, which was ingenious, was I don't want to make this just a place that people come, you know, eight or nine or 12 Sundays a year for football. They built a huge shopping center around it. They had all these 
these businesses around it. And if you ever noticed where TB12's headquarters was, it was in one of those places, right? So there was all these other agreements behind the scenes, right. not related. So, but no, I don't think there's any way in holy hell that an NFL, that the NFL itself would allow a player to have ownership in a team until he was done. Um, you know, Mahomes recently came out and said, I want to be an owner in the NFL. I want ownership in a team. He kind of said the same things, but I think that's going to have to wait till he's done playing ball. Because I think that they're not only circumventing the salary cap, but I feel like there's also becomes that conflict because, you know, if you're right, you know, a part owner of the, the chiefs and, you know, like they can't up and trade you to, you know, the right. Houston Texans, you know, like, there, right. There's so and what's the other big that. what's the other big elephant in the room that everybody that nowadays we all have to deal with? It's the gambling, right? It's yeah. the sports gambling being legal in states and all of that. If I if I'm a player and I'm part owner of a team that's in a state that legalizes sports gambling and all of a sudden there's the, you know, I have influence over games and outcomes and so no, I don't think you'll ever see that, yeah. but going back to Caleb Williams, this is what the NIL world has created. Okay, this is what it's created with these guys. Am I saying that NIL is bad? No, I think players should have the opportunity to make more money. Do I think a guy should make $3.5 million a year just for showing up? No. That to me is not, I mean, a lot of these deals are not NIL. A lot of these deals are legalized payments for recruiting purposes. Right, and, and to be honest with you, um, I think the one good thing, and we talked about this before about NIL is, that we might actually be convincing some of these guys to stay in school, you know, right. for an extra year or two, because yeah, hey, Caleb Luke said that himself, you know, he technically speaking, could probably get more money on the, on a nil deal than he will with, you know, um, your rookie contract. His NIL um, deal is more than a rookie base contract. It's like yeah. three and a half million dollars a year. Which I mean, realistically, if he's number one pick, he's going to get a whole heck of a lot more money going into the NFL. But, um, it's all the first year. It's that that signing bonus. And then, you know, years um, two through now five, because you're a first right. overall pick, um, you're you're working on, you know, a, a base salary, one, two million dollars a year normally. And then your um, fifth year, you got the um, the option. So, you know, it's that signing bonus. That's really nice. Your, um, you know, your rookie year that you, you come into. But um, I honestly think that the one good positive thing is it might keep some of these kids in school. The second well, part doing, though. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I was ahead. just going to say the second part. The only thing that bothers me is one thing about college sports is that they are given a free education because ma majority, not all of them because of their skill set. Right. My, my only issue is if you are getting paid millions of dollars to come play for the team. There's a part of me that feels like you should be paying for your, for your education um, because you are taking away an opportunity from somebody else that might need that scholarship or is not going to get a nil deal. Um, you know, I feel like those are the people, especially if you're making a million dollars and, you know, um, this year, then that scholarship position should go to somebody else. That's a great point. 
and I, I, I appreciate that. I think that's a huge point. But also, I think that there are some schools like BYU, for instance, when they raised all their money for NIL, what they did was they came out and they paid all the walk-ons scholarship for them. So there are no walk-ons at BYU. Uh, All the players that were walk-ons, they're actually getting NIL money to cover their tuition. So you're right. The way they did it and the way they manipulated it is, yeah, we you're only supposed to have 80 scholarship guys, but we got 120 scholarship guys because all our walk-ons now are paid for. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the one thing and going back to the Caleb Williams situation where this is interesting and he's kind of made this known, the idea of a team, and I think for a while now, um, Arizona was kind of that team that where they were just going ahead and moving guys where they wanted them playing and saying, you know what, if we lose and we're the first overall pick, that's fine. And so without using the NBA term of tanking, we're kind of purposely tanking, although they have been playing halfway decent. Yeah, and, now and, they, gives, just, yeah. and they just um, uh, made Kyler Murray active. They're bringing they, him up from the um, – They made him active, public. but I don't. they don't want Kyler Murray to stay there. Yeah. They want Kyler Murray to move on. Um, so maybe they're trying to get him to play so that people can see what – what right. getting. But I also think, Sarah, that it's it's gone ahead and it's put Caleb Williams in a position to say, hey, I get to choose when I want to come out now. Arizona, if you think you're going to lose games to get me, I don't want to play for you. I don't have to play for you because I'm still making three and a half mil. And it goes back to your thing about keeping kids yeah. in school. It gives these top these top draft picks, these one number one overall quarterbacks maybe a little bit of a right of first refusal almost to say, you know what, I'm going to, Oh, you, who, who got the number one overall pick? No, I don't want to play for them. I'm going to hang out a while and see what happens next yeah. year. So it's definitely going to, what's going to, what's going to suck for him is if say Arizona gets the fourth or fifth pick and, you know, someone else goes out and decides that Drake may is uh number one and he's not. And yeah. then the, you know, team two two and three need defensive guys because yeah. they picked they picked their quarterback last year and he's sitting at at four and so is arizona um yep you know um Goes back to the old saying is you're on the field talent bigger than you're off the field issues yeah you know so, I, it'll be an interesting year um this year especially in the quarterback um i think last year there weren't there was some questions if there was any first round talent past um you know, past Bryce Young and, and right. CJ Stroud and um and Richardson. And I think that uh this year I think we got a good seven, eight, nine guys mm-hmm. that could all be taken very early uh in the draft. Yeah. So well, all hey, right. we appreciate you listening to us, watching us here on the fourth quarter uh on the Buffalo Rumblings Viscats Network. We'll be on every week. Um, just a little bit of a programming note. We separated this show from the line to gain. So we will have a freestanding college football show every week uh, coming to you that you can get on and watch. And those will be, uh, that'll be put up what Friday, Friday mornings, yep. Friday, so morning. Friday morning to get you ready for the weekend college football games. You can check out the fourth quarter with us. And uh, I'm the big O Jerry Ostrowski. She's Sarah Larson. And uh, we'll be back next week. Again, catch us Friday morning uh, right here on the Buffalo rumblings, vidcast network and uh, have a good week.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.